The Young Pro Show, hosted by yours truly, Dominic Fry. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and to talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Young Pro Show. This is your host, Dominic Fry. And just want to thank everybody for listening to the episode, for giving me your time to, you know, just kind of dive into the episode. This episode, if you are new to the podcast, uh, so if you notice a pattern, I am very much so a creature of habit. And, you know, the new pattern that I've gotten into is I have three interviews with guests, kind of find out what's going on, you know, with their life, their career, um, and just being able to pick in, pick apart their brain and just try to take something away for myself uh, as well as for everybody else as far as what we can learn uh, with their professional career path but essentially I have those three interviews and I have a golden nuggets episode and the golden nuggets I just sit down hash it out myself um, you know try to talk less on the three previous interviews and try to talk more on this episode as I just kind of go through and recap uh, a couple of highlights of what really stuck out to me which each of the last three episodes. But as I mentioned, yeah, very much so a creature of habit and pattern and consistency. Um, you know, so once I get weather, you know, I'm the classic, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That is uh, perfectly uh, how I live my life that I just, once I get in routine, once my house looks one way, once, you know, I start to eat one type of food, I just don't change it. I don't change it, and I just keep rolling with it and um, just keep going the same patterns. Um, that, that's just me. Uh, my wife is not quite the same way, uh, Nicole. But, um, yeah, that's something a little bit unique about me. Now, let's kind of dive in. The last three episodes have been fantastic, fantastic episodes. So much to dive into. Uh, we had a two-parter. The first time I've had a two-parter uh, with Jeremy Mann, one of my best friends from high school. Uh, then I had Brian Grimm on, who was a coach at the collegiate level for cross country and track and field. Uh, and then I had my sister-in-law, Tanner Fry, on the latest episode um, as a realtor um, in Florida. That So we're just going to kind of dive into those three and kind of what stuck out to me. Uh, you know, I, I love any kind of feedback from anybody. Feel free to, you know, by no means are you ever annoying me. Uh, please feel free to text me, call uh, you know, I have social media for the myself is DJ Fry twenty five, and also for the podcast, we have uh, the Young Pro Show on Facebook and Twitter, and the Young Pro Show DJF is on Instagram because the Young Pro Show was already taken. Uh, I'm not salty about it, just a little disappointed. But nonetheless, I'm on all three of those, so please feel free to comment uh, or shoot shoot me a DM, whatever, on any of those. Would just kind of love to get any kind of feedback, you know, positive, negative. Um, yeah, I love it. You know, it's just something I enjoy to do. Enjoy a podcast, a hobby of mine, and love to be able to have intentional conversations with people and, you know, see what they are doing to reach that long-term uh, goal that they may have. So let's dive straight into it. Episode 17 and 18 with Jeremy Mann. There is 
whew, so many things to touch on from these episodes. So many ways that Jeremy inspires me, uh, you know, with his energy and his motivation that he has. You know, the, the Mamba mentality is where we started with his episodes. Uh, and that's something we've talked about a lot. And, you know, obviously play on, you know, rest in peace, Kobe, on uh, the Mamba mentality. And just being able to have a mindset with every single thing that we do, um, everything we do, you know, and there's two philosophies that I always have with everything that I do is one, you know, I try to do it to the best of my ability and I try to do it better than, you know, the majority of my peers and those around me. Uh, but two, a second mentality that I typically have in, especially in work environments, but really in group settings in general is, and I'm not quite sure where this stemmed from, but I've had this thought for a long, long time for many years is what can I do to make your life easier? Whether it's the first time I remember ever having a thought like that was I was in high school. Um, I was a part of the newspaper um, the from my high school writing the newspaper and I was the editor and the, <laughs> the our high school English teacher really did not want me to be an editor, uh, but she had no other options. So she left it to me and one of my friends. And, and I took responsibility for it and said, you know what, I'm going to do this the best that I can. And whatever I can do to make your life easier, I want to do. And by the end of the year, she, uh, and I don't mean this as a humble brag, but by the end of the year, she said, Dom, you were one of the best editors I've ever had. Not because you were that great at English, not because you really knew how to edit articles and you, know, you were really that good with grammar, but you put in the effort and you went above and beyond in multiple different circumstances to, uh, you know, just make the newspaper a priority and most people in that position they typically don't and they just push things off to the back burner and then I'm the one who normally has to do that extra work um and you know I kind of chuckled because I was like well you didn't even want me to do this in the first place and understandably so because I'm not that intelligent but you know I had the mentality of what can I do to make your life easier same thing with summer jobs I always had you know I'm like I'm always here for three months like whatever is the worst part of your job you know, you do this 12 months a year, you've been doing this for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, there are parts of your job that you probably despise. Let me do those parts of your job for three months, and I will gladly do that. And I would tell my coworkers that, and not quite in those words, but, you know, and, and same mentality that I have now, you know, working in an office, in an agency, uh, an insurance agency, and just thinking, okay, anything that I can do to make your life easier, let me know. You know, I mean, the running joke, I always say to my teammates, at Hitching, um, I always say, you know, you tell me, jump. And I say how high, you know, and that's one of the mentalities that I weigh. And that for me, that is a practical way of how I live out the Mamba mentality. Um, you know, and, and Jeremy is somebody that through every single aspect of his life, um, you can definitely tell that works really, really hard. And I love him talking about, you know, nursing school and how difficult nursing school was for him and how he had to have the Mamba mentality uh, and, and go for it. You know, he also talked about, which I appreciated with his flying you know, he talked about becoming a pilot and how he failed for the first time getting his license. And, you know, not only, again, you have to have the mentality that, you know, I failed, I'm going to come back and do it again, but also then being able to share that experience with others and being able to say like, hey, like, I'm, it's not like when he let people know, hey, I'm a pilot, boom, ends the story. And he just kind of hides the mess ups that he's had, the failures, but he highlights, and even the one quote that I have written down that I absolutely love, he said, sometimes it's okay to highlight your failures. It gives people room to see you as a person, end quote. And too many times, specifically in the social media world that we have today, 
We think that everybody else's life is perfect. Everybody else is traveling. They love their jobs. They have a great family. You know, they never fail at anything. And it can get overwhelming. And while it, and it just depends what lens you view the social media world. You know, on one hand, you can view it and be inspired by it and say, this is so awesome. Look at all these people with their passions and, you know, being the, there for their family. And that's something that I want to do. And I want to be great like that. And they can let you inspire you. Or it can be the vice versa, and you can say, man, like, I just, all these people and their life just seems together, and I'm just messing up, and, you know, you just drag yourself down. So I really like that, you know, try to help bridge that gap of the two extremes that people may have, is Jeremy explaining, you know, highlighting his failures so other people uh, can see him as a person. Uh, I also really appreciated Jeremy talking about, you know, his entrepreneurial spirit and how, you know, he just has a deep desire within him to create something, uh, you know, and, and that is the pure, you know, and he even mentioned about, you know, I think of things and I just shoot for the moon and just, you know, one way to take it to Mars. Um, it was a joke that he had made. And I appreciate that because it's, Hold on, let me collect my thoughts here. It's an entrepreneurial spirit, and sometimes when you say things out loud, and even he's had conversations with me, and he says, well, what about this, this, and this? And I'm like, dude. And then as he does, I don't even have to say anything. As soon as he says it out loud, he goes, yikes, that was a terrible idea. But nonetheless, it's just the creativity, and it's just you know to get the ball rolling. And then once you have a list of multiple things you want to create, things you want to do, then you can kind of, again, once you say them out loud, narrow that gap and say, okay, you know what? I think definitely uh, A and C are the best and B, D, and E literally don't make any sense at all. So that is another way uh, that inspires me. And I love listening to Jeremy talk about that. You know, he also talked about, we talked a lot about having a vision and, you know, what does that look like with having a vision? Um, I just realized that I'm reading my notes backwards. So this is the second part (laughs) with Jeremy. But nonetheless, you know, like, what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? And two things, I have a vision and I understand my why. <sighs> Powerful words, and I love that. You're having a vision, having a goal. A vision, when I, when I think of a vision, it seems a lot more uh, of a plan rather than a goal. A goal is like, well, this is what I want to do, and I, I still need to figure out how I'm going to get there. A vision is this is my goal, and this is how I'm going to get there. I have it planned out. Not to say that it has to exactly go to plan, but nonetheless, you know, I, I am prepared for the future and what I need to do. Same thing here with his, uh, you know, understanding his why, and you know, like, what do you enjoy to do? Why? And why do you want to continue to grow? Why do you want to continue to learn more? You know, there's got to be that fire from within you, you know, and that goes back to the Mamba mentality as well. Um, You know, Jeremy, another thing when he was talking about nursing school and he said, you can do something you love, but not love every single moment of it. And that's strong because... Again, and part of that is social media, but a lot of times, you know, we always look at the end result, whether it's ourselves or somebody else, and we look at the end result and say, wow, you know, look at what I achieved, look at how great this is, look at this piece of paper I have, and we're so excited for it, and we just kind of neglect, we just pass by those moments that were hard, those moments, you know, of trials and errors to get there, 
And same thing with other people. You see other people succeed. And again, while it can be encouraging, but you just forget that like, you don't have to love every single moment of it. And that's what he mentioned with his nursing school. He's like, you know, there were aspects of it I loved, but then, you know, naturally you just start to question and doubt, okay, is this what I want to do? Is this, you know, the path that the Lord has laid out for me? And it's something that he was able to take a step back and say, like, you know, there will be hard times and there will be seasons of doubt, and that's okay. And that's okay to hit those seasons. It's okay not to love every single moment. But do something that you love. I thought was really awesome. Thought was really cool. Now there are a couple more things from Jer- specifically from Jeremy's interview, which I absolutely loved, and I definitely don't want to miss these. I loved when he was talking about the spirituality of spreadsheets, and it's something that you think, wait, what? You know, like spreadsheets, and. And he talked about going through the motions. A lot of times we think, you know, how am I making an impact? How am I bettering myself? How am I, you know, valuable to this company, to, you know, this, uh, I mean, it could even be a deeper level to my family, to, you know, various aspects. How can I make an impact? Is, is this all that life has to offer? And thinking how if you create a spreadsheet that helps bring chaos into order, that is valuable, whether it's a business, whether it's an individual. Don't downplay the role that you are within your organization or within your business. Or, you know, if you're self-employed, what the service that you are providing for other people. And he goes into a lot more detail, but I absolutely loved it. Him talking about the spirituality of spreadsheets and how every single thing that we're doing plays a role and every literally every single person is a piece of the puzzle and you can't just take a piece out of the puzzle you know and every i can't reiterate that enough just how valuable every single person is and don't ever downplay the role that you play uh within your company last thing i want to talk about jeremy was the classic classic quote when he says, would you do something great if nobody ever saw it? And I go back to that social media mentality that we have today. And so many times, you know, people do things for attention. They do, hey, hey, can can I do this? And can you take a picture of me real quick? Hey, hold on. I want to get this on video. I want to, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I know it's good to document things. But I absolutely love that him talking about, would you do something great if nobody ever saw it? If nobody ever saw you do something, would you still, you know, again, whether it was at your job, whether it's your family, whether it's something individual, maybe it's something you enjoy, but like, do you enjoy it enough to do it without any attention? Great question. Very valid and great question that we can ask ourselves. Now, if we go on from Jeremy to the next episode with Brian Graham, absolutely love the episode of Brian. I think part of the reason I love the episode with Brian, it was actually really hard for me. I talked to him afterwards, and it was hard for me to interview him because Brian's somebody that I'm very close with. You know, he's been a part of my life for many years, and it was I, generally speaking, I knew majority of his story, so it made things kind of difficult to try to interview him because I'm like, wait. Um, I'm trying to think of almost like, again, what should the next question be compared to some of my previous interviews I've had where people that I don't know their story. I don't really know how they fit the pieces of their puzzle together. 
So being able to ask these questions and go through that is I'm just asking questions that are genuinely on my mind and coming to my heart as I'm listening to their story. Uh, but nonetheless, there were still several aspects of Ryan's interview that I didn't know and that I had learned from. And it was also really cool to um, – I think it's just something that's very relatable to a lot of people and a lot of college kids. You know, the fact that he went through college and he ended up graduating and having zero clue what he wanted to do with his life. So, um, yeah, let's dig into it and go into episode 18 with Brian Grimm. You know, we started off the episode, you know, typically I try to start the episodes a little slower, you know, try to ease into it. Boom, we jumped right to it, talking about team culture. And, and I love that aspect because I feel like that's something that's, and again, for him as the director of Heidelberg University, the cross country and track team, but also again, as a business owner, culture is probably something that it, maybe now is becoming a little bit more prevalent but you know 10 15 20 years ago wasn't something that was really at the forefront of people's minds just thought well okay how much money are you making or in his case how many athletes are you bringing in and how many are all americans rather than thinking okay we have to create a culture we have to create something that is going to be sustainable and is going to last year after year after year and thinking of that as one of his uh, tasks within his role as the director was really cool to think of creating a team culture. And what does that look like? Like, what does that look like? How hard that must be? And especially in the moment, you know, culture, it's something once it is, you know, you even look at the professional level and you look at professional teams and you can look at uh, maybe I shouldn't say the Patriots right now because I'm struggling this year. But, you know, typically it's like, OK, well, this is a team that has a great culture and they win year after year after year. And once they're already in that success part of their culture, well, it's pretty easy. And it seems like, OK, I could very easily replicate this somewhere else. And that's why there have been so many assistant coaches of Belichick that have gone elsewhere and have failed miserably because they've tried to replicate the exact same thing. And they have not done well in that role. And um, it's something that is just huge. You know, it really can't be understated, but it's so hard to create. So listening to him kind of talk about that and how, you know, it changes every single year. But at the same time, it also builds upon itself every single year. Brian, the part of his story, again, that I thought was awesome was him just really um, being a, just not knowing what he wanted to do with his life. You know, and he, he went to college. And it was really one of his mentors. It was really Ron Martin who played such a vital role in what he is doing today. You know, he was in college, didn't know what he wanted to do, decided to get his master's and decided just, you know, to volunteer to help on the side. And all of a sudden his coach who established this confidence in him and says, hey, Brian, what do you think about coaching? And instills this confidence in him. And that's really what starts it all for Brian. You know, and the value, I don't think that can be understated, the value of mentors or having people that are older than you that can pour into your life, that can pour wisdom and they can say, hey, this is the circumstance that you are in. This is how, you know, be able to help you through those difficult times. But also in this case, this wasn't something Brian was looking for. He wasn't saying, hey, Ron, tell me what to do with the rest of my life. He was just, you know, probably in a rut, um, you know, just saying, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. Just generally speaking, and Ron was able to provide that guidance and that assistance for him, which was awesome and really cool to hear him share about. You know, and another unique experience, but was great professionally for him, was being able to go out to Kansas. And again, that was another huge confidence booster for him as, you know, he gets this confidence instilled by a mentor of his. 
but then it's still some doubt in his head. Well, okay, can I really do this? And getting up, moving to a place, moving to Kansas. He doesn't know anybody. It's just him and his wife. And, uh, you know, after applying to, he said, over 60 head coach positions, he ends up getting this job, and it really helps him grow professionally. Uh, you know, and then he talked about with having several years now at Heidelberg under his belt, uh, just how great it's been, you know, to be able to surround himself with other individuals that are, you know, other coaches that think similar to him. And it's just been really cool being able to impact the kids, uh, you know, and I think he said, what, five years? So, you know, he's been able to see one full class or a couple full classes, recruit them, bring them in and graduate and watch them go on uh, to the next stage of their life, which is really cool. Uh, to see that kind of an impact that you can have. And the latest episode that we had was with Tanner. Uh, a fantastic episode, um, it, again, especially as somebody in a similar circumstance in the financial services industry. You know, I felt like that was something that we could, you know, really relate on, uh, you know, from the get-go. And, and as I mentioned, I absolutely love to see her social media, you know, ramping up and her really putting more time and effort into social media, Um I try hard to do a lot of social media stuff. Um, I say I try hard, but I don't really do a whole lot besides this podcast. <laughs> when I say try hard, I mean make all those dumb TikToks that I did this winter. And I like to think that it's for um, you know business use to make myself feel better. But it's really, I'm just a weird dude. And I have, when I have free time, um, that's what I do. I don't do well with free time. With her, it was cool kind of here, you know, going through college, how, you know, part of the reason she went into business was, you know, she wanted to see herself long term and wanted to be home with kids and with family. And, you know, she necessarily didn't want that extra schooling after, uh, you know, her bachelor's degree, but she loved numbers. And that was what really intrigued her to her finance degree. Uh, you know, that experience at the bank was huge, especially she talked about her internship being able to, I can only imagine how valuable that was, being able to interview every single person, not every person, but from every department within the bank, uh, you know, not only connections you make, but also great experience and be able to learn about the different, uh, again, sections and aspects of a bank and how it runs and, you know, just the different people. And now she is a realtor, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot more pressure on a realtor, um, you know, again, as you necessarily doesn't have a consistent income, but it was really cool to be able to hear her talk about, uh, you know, taking that leap of faith, moving to Florida, getting into real estate. She's always liked homes. And, you know, ironically, she had turned down jobs similar uh, years previously because she didn't like the sales position. But I really loved her quote saying about, uh, you know, she doesn't feel like she's selling homes, that she's just helping them meet a need that they have. And I feel like that's such a strong statement for, you know, really anybody that's in any kind of a sales position that, you know, to have that kind of a mindset that, okay, it's not just, well, you know what, you want to buy a house, let's just find a house, let's just buy it and move on, you can be happy and I'm happy and we go our separate ways. Or, you know, you want to sell a house, let's just do this as easy as possible. It's okay, viewing your, you, viewing your position, viewing your career as... I'm just meeting a need that you have, you know, and she talked about how cold calling was hard and prospecting and, uh, and yeah, and it can be very difficult, especially in a competitive environment, you know, with real estate being down in Florida as well. Um, but once you kind of establish that database and referrals and people, it just gets easier 
um, and it keeps going, you know, again, just gets easier and easier over time. She also talked about, you know, getting started, you know, it was just, again, really just meeting people and not necessarily trying to sell them anything, but you just meet people, you get to know people and, um, through those connections. And then all of a sudden they say, Hey, well, yeah, we know somebody that sells property down here. Yeah, we know somebody that can help you buy property. And, um, you know, just being able to get your name out there when people know what you do, that that is a great aspect for her business as well. Um, you know, and she said very similar, kind of like Jeremy said earlier, when she talked about, you know, every job is going to have something that you don't enjoy, but you don't have to do things the hard way all the time. You know, if there are aspects of your job you like more than others, then if, as much as you can, focus on those positive aspects. And for her, whether it's, again, prospecting, getting leads, ways that she enjoys it, ways that are easier for her to focus on those more so than potentially cold calling or ways that she might not enjoy. Um, you know, she also talked about her career goals, you know, and I love her being so family oriented. Um, just thinking about, you know, career goals and how she wants to, again, be a stay at home mom. But also, you know, wants to be able to, you know, grow within her business and how that looks to balance multiple uh, to, to grow those. And, you know, lastly, you know, she mentioned about how you don't need to have 100 great friends. And she's just trying to build deep relationships with the people that she has in her life. And, uh, and I just thought that was awesome. And as they know her and they trust her and it takes time. Uh, but this is why she enjoys that job so much is the people element of the job. So thought it was awesome. These three interviews were great. I enjoyed them. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed them as well. I got three great ones on deck. I'm excited to be able to release them. Um, release makes it sound like, you know, it's so official. Um, probably publish, share is a better term for it. But um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Um, appreciate it. As I mentioned in the beginning, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you all for your time. I uh, hope you have a great week and God bless. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Young Pro Show. Feel free to interact on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal accounts as well, at DJFry25. Thanks again for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And God bless.